This is episode 648 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for July 1st, 2019. I am your host, Mark Krishnez, and today I'll be talking about the Polymega, the Super Mario Maker 2. I didn't need to put the there, but it was there, and what are you going to do about it? I'll talk a little bit more about that and my venture into creating levels. And Apex Legends 2 is not a thing, but Season 2 is a thing. And Season 2 launches tomorrow. I realized that today when I realized today was July 1st. I thought we still had a few days left of June. And then I looked at the calendar and it was like, hey, it's July. And I was like, fuck you, you liar. And the calendar was like, yeah, what'd you call me? Why don't you say that to my face? And then, you know, I apologized and... We're cool now. Me and July, like we're like best buddies. We're like this. For audio listeners, I'm crossing my fingers. That means I'm taking my middle finger. I'm not sticking it up at July. I'm I'm making sure not to do that. I don't want to upset them anymore. But I'm taking it and I'm placing it over my index finger on my right hand. Not that that's important. And I'm holding it ever so tightly. And that is me crossing my fingers. Because I know none of you know what crossing your fingers is. Do people still cross their fingers and hope to die? Why do you hope to die? What is it saying? Cross your fingers. No, cro- Is it cross your fingers, hope to die? Cross your something. Is it f- The finger sounds weird. That sounds like a weird phrase that doesn't make any sense. It's, I'm not, it's not computing. Cross your fingers, hope to die? It's not, it's not doing the sign of the cross and hoping to die. Why are you hoping to die anyway? What is this world coming to? Don't hope to die. And don't cross your fingers. It's probably not good for arthritis sake or something. You'll probably end up with deformed fingers like my father. What was I talking about? Uh, Season 2? Apex Legends? Is that what I was talking about? <laughs> or was that in the, the last recording that I canned? <laughs> should I can this? I probably should. What am I talking about? I'm talking about... Polymega Super Mario Maker 2 Apex Legends Season 2, which launches tomorrow, which is exciting. I'm excited. It's going to be a big change. Uh, I'm curious to see. I'm equal parts curious to just play it for myself and curious to see what the reception is like from the audience. If the people who have been playing it since the beginning are really into it, if it manages to bring people back who have left the game since the first month or so those who weren't happy with how the first season turned out and just i'm I'm excited i'm also a bit nervous because i've played for so long and i know the area really well and now that they're going to be changing things up it's going to be all new and going to have to get used to things, of course. Everyone else is going to have to get used to things, too. But this is looking like a really good time to jump into the game, too, if you've been away for a while or if you've never played it because you'll be on somewhat equal footing. Sure, people will be more used to the shooting and the way guns feel and their hip fire and their, their the, the what is it, the shot crap, whatever it's called, the, the direction of the bullets when you hold down the trigger for a gun. Um, people have been more accustomed to that, but in terms of the map and being uh, aware of where everything is, that's at least changed. Uh, so that's exciting. 
And yeah, I finished Roroni Kenshin. And that 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 series is it's a mess. It's got some nice bits in it, but it ends with like 30 episodes of filler. After the Kyoto arc, it just is nothing but filler. It's like 30 fucking episodes. And then when I hit the last episode, and I'm watching I was watching on Netflix cuz I just finished it earlier today, and it didn't say, oh, we got the next episode for you. It wanted me to jump into the next series on my list. I was like, wait, did something happen? What's going on? Well, that can't be the last episode, right? That that was a nothing. There's no conclusion. There's There's nothing there. And that was the last episode. So that is a series that just, it, it's just a mess. And all my concerns about where the story would go and the a character who I found annoying being all over the place, that didn't come to fruition at least. So I don't know how much more there is in the, the manga because the characters, I mean, Roroni or Kenshin didn't end up marrying Karu and she didn't die yet and he didn't end up then marrying the other one. It's just like, there's a lot of stuff that didn't happen. And I swear when I read all this shit about the story, that it was referring to the anime with their lines actually shit. Anyway, that was a thing. So moving on to what I've been playing and just ending this show. Because there's, there's not that much to talk about. I didn't see any news that stood out other than Remedy has reacquired the rights to Alan Wake, which is cool. In, in the handful of stories I read about it, none of them seem to have great details as to how it happened. It's just like, okay, they got paid some royalties, like two and a half million i don't think dollars i don't know if it was pounds or something or if it's euros um but i think it was two and a half million and then because of this they got the rights back i I don't know how or the the scenario that led to this but that's cool uh maybe we'll get an alan wake 2 at some point or maybe microsoft will reacquire alan wake when they buy remedy though i don't I don't think Remedy wants to be bought and there might still be bad blood there. I'm not sure how how uh, the end of that partnership went over after Quantum Break. But the possibility of getting more Alan Wake is awesome. I would, I would love it if somehow they got the rights back to Max Payne because Max Payne 1 and 2 are, are fantastic. I didn't like the half of 3 I played. I want to go back and replay it. But it didn't have, it's not It's not charm, you wouldn't call it charm, but it, it was missing that remedy uh, vibe to it that I, I really loved. And the, the first game is especially special because we get Sam Lake's beautiful face on Max Payne in the one expression throughout the entire time, which I loved. That's cool. And then some people are speculating, oh, what does this mean? Because there was a TV show in the works, I guess. Is that still in the works? Will we now see a remake of Alan Wake? In terms of that, I don't think we need a remake. I, uh, I, they could just port it, I guess, to other consoles. Because if you play it on, I think even if you play it on the 360, it would still look gorgeous. If you play it on PC, it looks amazing. If you play it on the Xbox One X, I don't know if it's enhanced. It doesn't matter if it's enhanced or not because I played it on my X. It still looks amazing. It is one of the most beautiful representations of nighttime and the nighttime lighting in any game still. It's a beautiful game. 
And yeah, now I just want to replay it. Every time Alan Wake comes up in some kind of conversation, whether it's just somebody mentioning it randomly, I'm, I think to myself, uh, I, could, I could really replay that. And I don't know if I played the DLC, but um, Alan Wake's amazing. If you've never played it, it is backward compatible on Xbox One. You should definitely go get it. I think it's back on the store too now. Uh, there was a time when it wasn't. Um, if you're a fan of Alan Wake and you never played American Nightmare, it's solid. More action focused, but still solid. A good time. That's also backward compatible. And yeah, I believe it's on PC. Um, but yeah, moving on for real this time to what I've been playing. So, for the most part, Apex Legends. I started Life is Strange before the storm for Attack the Backlog, and I immediately regret it. It's everything that was bad about Life is Strange without the time mechanics that made things interesting. A lot of shitty dialogue. Prime example, and this I will mention again in Attack the Backlog, so get ready for some deja vu. There's a point early on in the first episode where you're going up to this other girl, this fellow student, and I, I'm not sure how this exchange is go like what is going on, whether you, Chloe, are getting your copy of this movie back, if you're borrowing it, if you're buying it from them. I don't know what the hell the situation is, but you go to get her, your whoever's DVD, you're getting in it from her. And then you're like, oh, you know, five bucks or whatever, because I guess you owe her five bucks for the DVD or for something. She's like, don't worry about it. It's cool because the, the DVD in question is Blade Runner, the director's cut. And she's like, it's cool because you, you were cool enough to know that the director's cut is the way to go because it removes the horrible narration and instead, or, or whatever, uh, and voiceover work and, and includes this intro dream sequence. <laughs> so they fucking like, get out of here. You fucking, you people make me sick. <laughs> um, so yeah, and there's a lot of shitty dialogue in it. And I don't like Chloe. I don't remember if I liked her in the first original game. But having to control her, I'm not happy being around her. I don't like any of the people in here. I wish they would all just die. Um, so yeah, that'll be a great episode of record when I get around to it. But uh, Super Mario Maker 2 is something I've been messing around with quite a bit. Playing with the creator side of things mostly i did a little bit more of the story mode and i tried just failing a level over and over and over again to see what having luigi help does and what that does is it just completes the level for you you won't get any coins you might get while playing through it but you would get the one-time coin uh lump sum for completing a level if there is one so that's cool but I created two levels. My first level was more of a joke level. I started it off as a ode to the first level of Super Mario Brothers 1-1. And when I say I started off as an ode, I mean I just was doing that for maybe the first panel uh, worth of it. And then I changed things up and I, I changed what came out of the question mark blocks and then I put in a bunch of fireballs and a few homing giant missile dudes, whatever they're called. Um, and it was just, it was absolute nonsense and ridiculous. And I had some people play it and then I deleted it because 
I want what I put up and, and upload to be more serious stuff. So I created a second level that's more so about precise jumping and being quick about it. You have 40 seconds to complete the level. There are boos scattered in the level to make it a little bit more, um, to make the whole level feel a bit more tedious and stressful. And all the blocks are ice blocks. So you, you slide on them a little bit. And it took me probably after I, I put the level together an hour or so, maybe a little bit more, to fine-tune it and clear it so that I could upload it because I would be messing around with it. And then I would say, like, no, I, I should move this block over one space and this and that. And I would just finally, I, I finally tuned it a bit and then I finished it and for the most part it's gotten some pretty good praise uh, some people have complained about it being a bit too challenging and that with a level like this I shouldn't expect a high clear rate which is fine I want to not have a high clear rate with this I want to make some challenging levels and I like the idea of making levels that have you know it's, it's not exactly the case with this because there's more i mean somebody cleared it in 18 seconds so somebody rocked the level and i wish i could have done that and I, w I wish i could i wish i could see at least it would be nice with the levels that they at least save the replay of the world record so you can see the the world record holders run through a level if that is in there i don't know where it is but that would be awesome I, it, it's not practical to have every single replay of every single player who's played a level but saving the world record holder for a level would be really nice. Uh, and that would be great for the, the creator of the level too, because maybe they, they see a world record time for their level and they're like, how do they do this? I created this level and I don't know how they managed to pull this off. And it would be nice to be able to see it. Um, but I, I'm happy with how that level came out, given that it's my first real level uh i think 30 people have played it so far I've gotten seven likes which is not too shabby it's got like an 8.6 percent completion rate which i don't know in the grand scheme of things where that is if there are certain like if that's especially low or if there are if that's in the, the middle i don't know but uh yeah i'm excited to mess around and create more levels the one thing i i realize when messing around with the creator, which does feel good in handheld mode using a stylus. It feels way better than using the controller on the screen. The only thing that's beneficial about the screen is more real estate and it's a bigger canvas to look at the area. And when you zoom out, you, you know, you have a big screen to look at, but moving the cursor with the controller is slow and I don't, I just don't like it. Playing with it in handheld mode, while I do like that quite a bit, I can't help but think about how much nicer it would be if you could do this on a PC. If they just had the creation tools on PC and then you could upload that to the Super Mario Maker 2 Cloud World and all that. Uh, you know, I, I I would pay an extra 20 bucks just to be able to create on PC. Not play anything except for, you know, test my levels. Uh, but outside of that, just create just use the creation tools with a mouse, I would be so for that. Um, but that, that will never happen, ever. 
There's there's not a chance of that happening. If that happened, I mean, no, that's not going to happen. There's not even a point in, in specular like, oh, you know, if that did happen, blah, 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 blah. No, that's never going to happen. But uh, yeah, Super Mario Maker is a ton of fun. It's fun making levels. I, I still have to go through the tutorials because there are plenty of blocks and shit that are from games that I just I don't have experience with, so I don't know exactly how they work. And putting them in a level and just trying them out can give me some ideas, but it's better to just be straight on told what they do. Yeah, Super Mario Maker 2 is fun. It's fun making levels. And it's it's rewarding when you make a level and people are like, yeah, I like that, even though it's challenging or, or can be brutal at times. I, ju- I just wish I could see that replay for that person who did mine in like 18 seconds. Because when I cleared it, I did it in 34 seconds or around there. And I, I had to change the the time because originally I put it down the, the, the par time or whatever, the clear time to 30 seconds. And I'm like, nah, I'm just I'm going to give it a little bit more of a cushion and do 40 seconds. But if I could have completed it in 30 seconds, uh, I would have done it. And I, I possibly can because I can see ways of getting around some of the bits. But it was already challenging enough for me to finish. You know, it's not super easy. There are a lot of single blocks that you have to jump on. You have to collect the six coins before you finish the level. And yeah, people were complaining that I didn't need the timer and I didn't need the booze to make it more challenging. I'm like, oh, I don't... I played through it i didn't think those really added that much to it i just put them in there to maybe psych people out but other than i think maybe two boos the majority of them don't get in the way they're not going to be able to get in the way given the time limit because you can't just dawdle and hang around for a bit and let them encroach up on you so yeah i'm excited to play more and the name of the level is Ice to Meet You because I'm a moron. I don't know the, the tag, but you can check my Twitter timeline. It's recent. Um, and I want to do something with fire and then just do some stupid fire pun or some shit. I just want to make a bunch of shitty titles for my levels uh, and then rhyme in the description. My level is Ice to Meet You, and then it's like something, something, and then it's, uh, it's a little bit icy and somewhat dicey. Because I'm so funny. And then the Polymega is something that you may have been aware of for a while. It's been kicking around for a good long while now. And there's been a lot of um, concerns about it and speculations about whether or not it'll actually be any good or this or that. And it's been on my radar for a while. It's this modular retro machine that can, the, the base unit can play CD-based games from uh, Sega CD, I believe, the Neo Geo CD, the original PlayStation, and Sega Saturn. And then you can purchase modulars for the cartridge-based cartridge systems of the, the Genesis, Mega Drive, um, the NES and the Super Nintendo and another nice thing about that too is that it is region free so you can get you know PAL versions of NES games etc um, 
And those are like 60 bucks each, and they come with a controller. The base unit is 300 and it's a very pricey thing, and that's part of why like people are looking at it and thinking, hmm, is this, is this a real thing, or is this some kind of weird, like what, how legitimate is this product? Uh, I think when they had pre-orders open, the, the ship date was April 1st. Like there, there, there have been a lot of things going on with Polymega, but... They had a lot of stuff going out around E3, and what made me uh, now hopeful for it and excited and interested in it is seeing the Digital Foundry video did for it with uh, John Linneman and uh, what is his name? Corey, I think, from My Life in Gaming. And they were talking about it. The video is about 25 minutes long. And after watching that, I came out feeling way more excited and hopeful about the potential of the Polymega because if you don't know, if you don't watch the Digital Foundry videos or know John Littleman, he is very in the retro gaming space. He's the kind of person who likes to game on original hardware. And he, in terms of retro gaming and all that and systems like this, whether it's this, you know, Hyperkin, blah, blah, blah. His opinion is one that I value very highly. And he was rather enthusiastic about this system, about the Polymega. You know, having only played with it for an hour or so at E3, you know, he's, he's going to check more into it when it releases and all that stuff and can get his hands on it and put a lot more time into it, which is what I'm looking forward to now. But hearing him talk about his initial impressions of messing around with it and, and getting to try a bunch of different things like deleting games from the console and then reinserting the ca the cartridge to install the game and all this kind of stuff. It has me hopeful for it because I am someone who likes retro gaming, but the options out there aren't the best. I am someone who would much rather use the actual physical media um, I don't want to just get ROMs. I don't want to just have a pie and then put a bunch of ROMs on there. I had the NES Classic. I hacked it and I put every NES or almost any, every NES game on there. I've never played any of them. I just did it, and then that was that. Because even though they're there, and even though you know I added games of, for of cartridges that I do have, there's still something that feels icky about it. And more so, the thing is, I I wouldn't mind playing it for myself, but for something like Attack the Backlog, which is the the series where I go into my backlog and play games that I've missed, I wouldn't feel comfortable playing a ROM when I don't own the the actual media. Uh, even if I do like just playing the ROM, there's just something that makes me uncomfortable about that. So having something that is a viable option for Playing games on an HGTV, capturing games, you know, via the HDMI and all that is very, very, very interesting. And the price point is the, the one thing that does scare me off and I think scares off a lot of people. Not that I even think it's too much. It's just that that is a fair amount of money to put into a, a retro gaming console. But when you think about it and what it offers, like the base console offers you the ability to play, you know, all these disc-based media and the fact that 
Sega Saturn emulation is real difficult still to this day and, and that his exper his little bit of experience messing around with it at, at E3 John Linman's he said that the Sega Saturn himself was you know better than a lot of other stuff out there I'm you know it's a decent value and another thing he said like the C CTR not CTR CRT uh, filters actually didn't look like shit which is cool and uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited to learn more about it, to hear more about it, to get more impressions from John Linneman as he gets to play around with it when it ships, um, which I, I don't know when exactly it's going to ship. I think it's supposed to ship sometime soon, maybe. And then, cause I, like I was checking their website and I think for like pre-orders on the website, directly through the website, you know, planning to ship it in the summer which we're in the summer right now. And then starting in the fall, uh, certain select retailers will have it. And that's probably the way I would get it. And, you know, and there are bundles that you can get all of them to get together for like 500 bucks. He also said, John Lin uh, Linneman uh, said that the controllers feel pretty good, uh, which is a surprise because I find like that's one of the weakest parts of consoles like this. But uh, I'm excited, even though, you know, you're not exactly playing the game off the cartridge. It is, you know, you put the cartridges and then it downloads it in the system. Um, he, the, 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 I think president and CEO of Polymega, Brian, I forget his last name, but he uh, compared it to iTunes where you have the CD, but then you burn it and then you don't need the CD to play it, which makes sense. I just... I'm excited for it. It's a really nice looking system. It is definitely not for everyone. It is for a specific niche in the retro community that is looking for a nice piece of hardware that can play their physical media and doesn't want to, you know, go the pie route or shit like that. Uh, and I think it's good to have other options out there. You know, it may not be for you, but it definitely is something that I'm interested in. And I don't know how much of the, the, the sales will be going towards this, but also looking at their pro, uh, their, their, their site, a certain percentage of all the proceeds for sales of the Poly Mega will be going to the Video Game History Foundation uh, in the form of grants. And then the foundation and the board will be, you know, the ones deciding uh, where that money goes and everything. That's nice that at least some of the proceeds from the system will be helping game preservation and all that, which is important and why stuff like this is good to, to give people the ability to play old games in a convenient way. Cause I recently just packed up all my PlayStation one games because the only way I currently have to play them in a somewhat convenient way, cause I, I still have a PlayStation, but the most convenient way is through my backward compatible PS3, but they would be much nicer, and I'm sure they even look better playing them through the uh, Polymega. And another cool thing that John Linneman mentioned was that he he tested one PlayStation One game, and I think he said that the emulated version that's on PSN that you can play, um, they changed it, they updated it so that the frame rate and stuff was 
better and all that jazz. But in the Polymega version, the the frame rate and all that was exactly as it was when it originally came out on PlayStation One. So they, you know, they're not emulating a game and then making it better. They're making it true to how it was when it originally came out. And to me, that is much more valuable. Like I, I want games to play and feel like they did when they came out, even if that means they're a worse game for it you know that's part of game preservation it's not about making everything like if that didn't matter then you would just say that once you have resident evil the the remake which makes resident evil you know it changes things but makes it prettier and, and makes it better in many ways but also makes it different you just say okay well that original version of resident evil we don't need that anymore because we have the remake we have the resident evil 2 remake well now that we have that you can just throw away Resident Evil 2, the original, because we got this nice, pretty version. Why do we need this original version that's shitty? Uh, it's not shitty, but, you know, um, I think preserving games and preserving them in their original form is important. And, yeah, I'm excited about it because hearing John sound enthusiastic about it and the potential of it has me feeling enthusiastic and hopeful about the potential of it and if it does turn out to be a quality piece of hardware and tech and all that then i'm excited to be able to play old games that i do have feel comfortable like one of the things that i've stopped doing is i have a local retro gaming store i don't really buy old games because i don't have a way to play them and i don't want to just collect them to collect them uh, unless it's a game I really, really love. And if I am able to then have a, a very easy, convenient, solid, great way to, to play retro games, the physical media, then hell yeah, I'm in. Uh, you know, it could be a, a Christmas gift for me. I can treat myself every now and again. Anywho, that's Polymega. You check it out. You should definitely check out the Digital Foundry video. It's great. Uh, there's a lot of great content on Digital Foundry. The DF Retro series that is hosted by John Lemon is really good. Uh, and they just made Alex uh, Bataglia a full-time employee. He's been working there freelance for 15 months, I believe. And now he just became a full-time employee, which is also awesome. Uh, I like him. Uh, he and John have a really great rapport together, and it's fun watching them do cooperative videos together at times, like with uh, Crisis or Half-Life 2, where they uh, show the game through their respective displays and their settings and all this stuff, and some of the crazy and silly things that happens in the process of showing you uh, how they differentiate in terms of the... the, the video and the quality and all that given their difference in hardware and stuff like that but yeah digital foundry is great and you should check it out anywho that will do it for this here episode of the pixelated sausage podcast once again i'm your host mark Kuznez. y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sausage the site is of course pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast the pixelated sausage podcast that's what this podcast is the pixelated paranormal podcast and attack the backlog. That was a weird almost belch that I saved and made just sound weird in general. But you can find all those shows on 
podcast services across the globe like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or attack the backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. Um, I'm sure Enchi will be very happy to hear that Celeste has now overtaken Hellblade as the most popular episode of Attack the Backlog. So, congrats, I guess. Anywho, if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com. If you see something you like, click the link, and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you have... I hope you... I hope you... I hope you hope you hope you hope in hopey hopey. I hope you enjoy this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye.